Are things better or worse the second time around? Can we really do anything more than once? Welcome to the Sports Gods Pick Show. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. What's up? What's going on, fellas? Not much, y'all. All right. Back to what we were just talking about. So, in the Western Conference, you were just saying this isn't a normal year because the Lakers could end up being in the eighth seed because they have to play Golden State. Oh, actually, that's not a no matter what. The Lakers are tied with Portland at 41 and 30, and Dallas is ahead of Portland at 42 and 29. So, if Dallas loses and Portland also loses and the Lakers win, the Lakers move up, Portland moves down to seven. But the Lakers could actually end up being the eighth seed if they lose. Or if Portland wins and they win, they'll end up being the eighth seed if they lose to Golden State in the playing round, which means that the Utah Jazz would have to face the LA Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. Right. Right. I mean, my, 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 point, my point when we started was that the play in tournament is not for the Lakers. For, for the Lakers. It's not, it wasn't created for LeBron James' Lakers to have to play in a winner-take-all game or, you know, winner-take-all type tournament against the Warriors um, or against uh, the likes of the Grizzlies or Spurs. Right? It, was, it was not meant for that to happen. What it was meant for was for these, was to, to give some, to uh, provide some intrigue for the bottom feeder teams at the, at the bottom of the end, at the bottom of each, each conference's uh, playoff bracket to you know, add some little, add, add a little bit of additional excitement, add two two more additional games into the schedule, and add a little bit of excitement to teams that were like that were not likely to to, to make the play, I mean, to make any real noise in the playoffs. It was an opportunity for you to get to see teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Pelicans, teams like you know uh, the Kings, who have like you know budding talents, who you know, are not good enough to be at the top the top echelon of the of the playoff bracket, we give them an opportunity to, you know, showcase their abilities, to get some primetime games on, to get those guys, those guys out there and get them to show off their skills um, and get them into the playoffs. And then they get to go get swept by the one seed, which was expected to be like the Lakers, um, the Clippers, those types of teams were expected to be there. Or Denver. Right, or Denver, or Utah, you know, like those teams are the cream of the crop. The playing tournament is not for cream of the crop teams to have to be in there, you know, you know, battling it out for, you know, the AFC. That wasn't what that wasn't what the expectation was. Got and that's why I don't, that's why I'm not I'm not cream of the playing tournament. But we can go we can go into more detail about that in a little bit. All right. Well, just to get back to it. The current standings are as is in the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia is number one at 48 and 23. Brooklyn's number two at 47 and 24. Milwaukee's number three at 46 and 25. New York Knicks are 40 and 31. Atlanta's 40 and 31. The Miami Heat are 39 and 32. Boston's 36 and 35, so they're locked in at the seventh seed. Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana are eight, nine, and 10, all with the same exact record at 33 and 38. The Bulls are out. Toronto's out. Cleveland's out. Thank you, Cleveland, for being, uh, for winning that team, for locking the Knicks into the playoffs last week or on Thursday or Friday, I believe. Orlando's out. Detroit's out, so they don't matter. They're in the lottery discussion. So to run down the Eastern Conference, mm, 
six of the basically every game from Indiana to Philadelphia matters because I didn't realize that if Milwaukee wins and Brooklyn loses, they can then jump into the second seed. If Philadelphia loses and Brooklyn wins and Milwaukee wins, Brooklyn can jump into the one seed. So basically every seed in the East can change tomorrow from one to six on the last game of the season. So we're going to be picking all 15 games at the end of this. But I just realized that Philadelphia is not locked in to, oh wait, Philadelphia's clinched home court. I take that back. Philadelphia's clinched home court. So everything from two to six can change tomorrow. And Philadelphia is the only one that actually clinched the division. Because, yeah, Philadelphia, well, they clinched well, the division, but they clinched the conference because they have the Yeah, because all of those early victories against uh, Brooklyn because they won their division already. And, yeah, so that division is actually the toughest in the East because it's Philadelphia, Brooklyn, New York, and Boston. So four out of the five teams in that division are going to be in the playoffs. The only one not making it is going to be Toronto. So yeah, playing is already playing is already that in the Eastern Conference. We know seven, eight, nine, and ten are going to be these four teams, and they're but these are the ones that are going to play each other. But depending on if you fall in the nine and ten or eight and seven, eight and seven just have to win one game. So if you win that first game, you're into the playoffs with the seven seed. So it does matter right. if Boston plays Charlotte or Washington. Or, yeah, if they play the Hornets, the Wizards, or the Pacers. Because them beating Charlotte is a much easier, you know, in the play-in. But as far as the end of the season, it doesn't really matter. Charlotte, Washington, and Indiana, it matters a lot more. The Knicks, Atlanta, and Miami, and Brooklyn, and Milwaukee, it matters a lot more. All those teams can move, which is kind of interesting because it all, it all has implications for the playoff matchups and also for lottery picks in terms of teams that have traded picks away. It doesn't really matter because they're not beating the 76ers. Like, no, no, the eighth seed is not going to beat the 76ers. It's not happening. You don't know that. It's, I, I'm, let, look, this is a parlay. This is a parlay podcast. We talk about sports betting here. Let's lay the bet. What, what's your bet that the eight, that, is, that an eight seed that comes out of this playing tournament from the East beats the, the one they seed? Win the, the odds that they win the series has probably got to be like, especially in a year like this with like COVID and everything like that, like anything is possible. Right. So worst case scenario, if a dude tests positive game one, guess what that means? He's out for the rest of the series, except maybe game seven. So how crazy would that be? So the odds can't be like 700 to one for you to, for you to, for an eight seed to win. It has to be closer to like four and a half or 400 plus 400. Unless you have an inside track into getting, giving Joel Embiid COVID, <laughs> I don't think that you have. I don't think there's a chance here that, that he's. I mean, like I said, like you know this information ahead of time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> then may, maybe maybe you can, you can luck out here, but it's not happening. Um, the playing tournament is cute. It's fun. It's nice. It gives us an opportunity for these. Again, the Eastern Conference is the way that this is supposed to. Like the, the way this looks at the Eastern Conference, the exception of the Celtics. Like the Horners, Hornets, Wizards, and Pacers being there, having this, you know, having this opportunity to play for, you know, for the seven and eight seed, you know, it's 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 going to make for interesting an interesting couple of days of, of basketball, but ultimately, they're just going to be, they're playing for the opportunity to lose in four or five to the, um, I'm going to go and, or, and, or, and or Brooklyn.
I'm going forward with that one. I'll, I'll, I can't see any one of those teams actually beating the 76ers or the Nets. So, yeah, that's a, that's a clean sweep right there. Okay, so realistically, what teams in the East do you actually think have a chance of winning the finals? And give me each of your picks for who you actually think will be in the Eastern Conference Finals and who's going to the finals. I'm going to start with you, Aaron. I'm going to go with – I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to go with the Celtics versus the 76ers, and the 76ers are going to win it all in for the East. East. In in, in the East, really? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw. I'm just gonna be the odd man on this one. Without Jalen Brown, the Celtics are gonna beat Brooklyn yep. in the first round. Yep. And then they're gonna beat the winner of Milwaukee and Miami. Yeah, that's what you think. I, maybe maybe just a hater in me because you know I just don't like the Nets, but maybe that could be it. But uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Oh no, no, I get you not liking the Nets, especially being a Knicks fan and not being from Brooklyn even though that was the last place you lived when you was in New York. But you, Not think, really. they're gonna, you, think, they're gonna, you think they're going to beat Milwaukee? No, my last place in Brooklyn was an apartment, but I actually lived in Manhattan, my last place. Oh, all right. But, yeah, but yeah I'm still, I'm still going to go with that. All right. But it's, it's coming out the East. <laughs> okay. Malik. Um, I, too, have the 36ers coming out of the East, but I have them I have them look against the Bucks. Um, I have it 76 for the Bucks. And matter of fact, you know what? I'm gonna flip that. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to pick the Bucks to come out of the East. Um, I think they are the most complete team of any team of all the teams in the in the Eastern Conference. They have, you know, if if, if there's not a time for you, if, if there's any time for Giannis to take that next step and actually dominate, um, it's now. He has to dominate now. He has to be on that level. And, you know, I think it's just, it's going to be a great New York story for the Nets to not um, make the <clears throat> make the conference finals. Um, and I, so I don't have them doing it. I have them losing in the second round to the Bucks, And then the Bucks taking on the 76ers, one versus three, and taking out the 76ers. So I have the Bucks making it out of the Eastern Conference this year. All right. So just so we got the odds on that, and you're taking the long well, you're taking longest odds of any team that's almost guaranteed to be in the playoffs, which mm-hmm. are the Boston Celtics, who are right now the seventh seed, locked yep. in there, who are probably going to make it as the seventh seed, are five thousand to one to win the Eastern Conference, yep. meaning one dollar gets you fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm still having to lose against the Seventy Sixers at the end, but you know they're going to be in the oh. Eastern Conference. Oh, you have the Sixers going. You have the Sixers winning the East. I'm yes. sorry. So the Sixers are plus 325. Right. So that's okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were taking the Celtics to win no, the no, no. conference. No, I have the Celtics getting the behind spank that they used to come. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. I got you. You sound actually a little bit more sane. That could happen. Highly unlikely, but it still could happen. Um, yeah, I had to, I had to own the thing that you forgot to bet on with the Tom Brady thing in the Super Bowl, but hey, we ain't going to bring that back up. Whatever, man. You ain't going to let that go, huh? No, nah, like, you're supposed to bet on that. I was supposed to make some money on that. It's I been like seven money. months, B. It's been like hey, seven months. Hey, that's seven months that could have been money in my pocket. <laughs> wow. I hear you. I hear you. All right, Texas. Um, they need to, you know what? That's the one thing. Texas wants a free market economy, man. Why don't y'all let the sports bank get going? What's up? What's the deal? Yeah, I, can't speak, I can't speak for those Republican guys, so, you know. Send a letter to the governor. It ain't about <laughs> Republican or Democrats. It's about money, man. It's about this green, baby. We'll see what happens. Um, okay. 
The Sixers are plus 325. Malik has Milwaukee going. Milwaukee's actually a little bit less. Milwaukee's plus 300, so they're three to one. I, I'm going to lean. See, unfortunately, I have to agree with Anthony. Um, I think Philadelphia is the best defensive team. And they have the MVP candidate who missed too many games. So I'd say he's more well-rested. Ben Simmons is resting. Um, Tobias Harris is going to make a huge difference for them in the playoffs. He's playing amazing. But I do like Drew Holiday, so Milwaukee could do it. But I'm going to go with the Sixers. I think Philadelphia is finally going to break through and actually get out of the second round and actually win the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to put my money on the Sixers. My long shot to win the Eastern Conference completely would be – not the Knicks, but the Miami Heat at plus 1,000. I was going to say, come on, say the Knicks. Oh, no. That, I, I'd be wilding right now. The Knicks are plus 4,000. If the Knicks win the Eastern Conference, like, a lot has gone wrong. Hey, you know, we never expected the Knicks to be even in this playoff picture, so. I expected the Knicks to be in the playoffs, but I didn't expect them to be the four seed. I didn't expect the Knicks to have home court advantage in the first round. I don't think any of us did. Yeah, I expected expect them to be playing. I expected the Knicks to be good enough. I didn't know that the play was going to happen. So I expected the Knicks to be good enough to be like the, you know, the five seed at best. And at, at worst, I expected them to be like eight or nine if they had the play in. If, if you told me the Knicks were going to be the seventh seed in the playoffs, I mean, that's not, that's not far-fetched. Because the same way that Toronto lipped in last year, I, I could have seen them getting in with all the issues that Toronto had going forward and all of them losing um, a lot of their star players just dealing with different injuries. The Knicks can actually get to the second round. The Knicks are kind of expected to get to the second round because they have better odds to win the Eastern Conference than Atlanta does because Atlanta's plus, oh no, Atlanta's plus 3,000. So they expect Atlanta to beat the Knicks in the playoffs in the first round. So if that matchup actually ends up happening, my money's going to be going on the Knicks to win the series outright, no matter how many games it goes. So moving on to the Western Conference, this is where I'm kind of interested because I feel this is much more wide open. And even still today, the odds on the Lakers are the best team in the West to win the Western Conference. So they're expecting the Lakers to go back to the finals again. The Lakers are plus 250. The Clippers are plus 300. Phoenix is plus 550. And Utah is plus 300. I think, is, is it, are we guaranteed that um, Donovan Mitchell is out for the rest of the playoffs? That's a good question. I don't, I don't think he's actually missed the playoffs. I think he may miss the Okay. So if Utah is the first seed, when they're playing the Lakers, they could actually end up losing if the Lakers end up slipping or if they have to play the Golden State Warriors, which is a real possibility because Utah, yeah, Utah hasn't secured home court because it all comes down to tomorrow's games between them and Phoenix. But if Utah ends up as one seed, they could be playing Golden State or Memphis or LA or Portland, for that matter. Portland ends up losing, which is kind of wild. So Utah and Phoenix are still playing for the number one seed in the West. Denver and Denver and the Clippers are playing for the three or four spot. Dallas is locked in at the five spot, so they're going to be playing whoever either Denver or LA or the Clippers. Portland and LA are separated, are tied. But if Portland loses and LA wins, and they move into the sixth spot, and they'll be playing Denver in the first round, and then Golden State has 38 and 33 along with Memphis, 
and the San Antonio Spurs are pulling up the rear in the 10th seed with 33 and 38, and they're kind of lucky to be there. Spurs going to get in. Spurs going to get into the playoffs? Yep. <laughs> okay. For all our listeners out there, Anthony is located in San Antonio. I'm not going to shout out his exact address, but you know he's pulling for his home team as a homer, as he is. Um, my pick for the Western Conference is not the LA Lakers, but I'm going to be picking – I'm going to be going with – I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to win the Western Conference. And the Phoenix Suns right now to win the West, their odds are plus 550. So I don't know if it's smart money, but I think the best odds of any team that is a high seed where anything can happen out West, I think the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul can actually make it to the finals. And I could actually see that happening. Because with Donovan Mitchell missing the first round and Denver missing um, – Denver missing their superstar from last year, Jamal Murray. And with Aaron Gordon not really being an offensive threat for them, as he kind of needs to be sometimes with Michael Porter Jr. stepping up, though, I could actually see the Phoenix Suns winning the Western Conference because I still have no faith in the Clippers, the way they've played the last two weeks of the season. Denver's hurt. Utah's hurt. And the Lakers have a lot to overcome to get it all together and just cut it on and make a crazy run and go back to the finals again. What do you got to say, Malik? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it the same way as you, <clears throat> because I think the one thing that uh, you know, I've learned over 18 years to not doubt LeBron James when he's healthy. If he's healthy, um, and he's able to, he's able to give it his all for you know the span of a for a 30 day span, there is no way I'm gonna bet against him being able to get out of this conference, as difficult as the conference is. Um, this, you know, this, the Suns would be the first round matchup for the Lakers. If they were to win the play-in, they would get the seventh seed. They win that game against the, in that game against the, the Warriors. They get the seventh seed, and that's the first round matchup. I think for obvious reasons, the Lakers match up well against the Suns. Um, the Suns don't have anybody to defend AD, and they damn sure don't have anybody to defend. I mean, they have bodies to throw at LeBron. They have plenty of bodies to throw at LeBron, plenty of young bodies to throw at LeBron, but it's a relatively young team, not much playoff experience with the exception of Chris Paul. Um, so I could definitely see the Lakers going in and defeating them. And if they do that, then <clears throat> things get really interesting because they don't have to play the Jazz, right? They play the winner of that um, – that three six matchup, you know, which is which would be Nuggets Trailblazers, and they would have they would that and that would be their second round matchup, where you would have a you know the Jazz would have to play against like the Clippers, and so potentially you've got Jazz Clippers in the second round, the Lakers would go up against a team like the Trailblazers or the Nuggets, who they who in both instances they've had you know uh, relative success against. And so I see actually the Lakers having a, you know, which are obviously a more difficult path to the finals. But if they're healthy, I don't think I don't think I'm picking I'm picking anybody over LeBron and AD in that squad. Um, so I would go Lakers if healthy. If they're not healthy, then I probably lean more towards more towards uh, Utah. Um, Even with Donovan Mitchell missing the first round, he's not because he's not going to miss the whole first round. You know, they're, they, you know, he, he sat the last three games of the season. 
the expectation is that he will be back by the by the playoff starts. The playoff start for him on the 22nd. So he's got, you know, another seven days of rest before the playoffs would actually kick off for him. Um, so, you know, I think he'll, I, my, my belief is that he'll be back and he'll be ready to go by then. He'll have, a, I think it's officially like two weeks off um, to rest that ankle. So um, I would say the, the Jazz are my, that's my sleeper pick if the Lakers are not healthy. If the Lakers are healthy, I don't think I'm picking against LeBron at the Lakers. So the Lakers are plus 250, the Jazz are plus 300. All right. I see it. I see your logic. I see what you're saying. Go ahead, Ant. I'm going to go with the, a different route, of course, on, your, on this. I'm going to go with the Clippers versus the Jazz at the end. I don't think LeBron and company is going to make it that far, unfortunately, but mm. them. And the reason is because it's a tough road to climb. Even though, you know, Malik's right about that home, um, picking against LeBron, especially when healthy. I wouldn't be surprised that he is already healthy, ready to go into it, but I can't see it. I still, I'm going to go with the um, Clippers versus the Jazz at the end, and I have the Jazz pulling the whole thing out. Actually, you know what? I'm check, sorry, sorry about that. Change that. I have the Clippers going at, coming out at the end. So, you, so you're betting on Pandemic P and company. Let's go with that. Okay. I think the Clippers are going to have a tough game to go against the Mavericks. I honestly think they're going to – I remember that, that was the series last year in the bubble too. Mavericks Clippers for Luca. When Luca, Luca almost beat them last year by himself. Yeah, and, and I mean, they, got, they got kneecaps this year. So right, he's basically by himself this year because kneecaps ain't really doing much. But no, no, um, he played pretty you well. Know, a good, a good, good podcast, buddy. Kneecaps did say that you know they're going to lose. You know, he even confirmed it with us before <laughs> the show. So I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks did beat the Clippers in the first round. I and if that happens, does. if that happens, blow the entire thing up. Blow, blow the entire Clippers up. So you think the Clippers could lose to the Mavs? Absolutely, they could lose to the Mavs. I don't think they will, but I think they absolutely could. This is this would it would not shock me if they did. The Mavericks have had to go eight and two over their last ten games just so they could lock up the five seed. The Clippers went five and five. So because they've been resting people and taking it easy and giving Ibaka more time off so he can be healthy for the playoffs. They've been 5-5 five and five over their last 10. So literally just a difference of like two or three games, they'd already be ahead of Denver in the three seed. So I think that the Clippers were just kind of like not worrying about seeding and worrying about being healthy and just going game by game. So I'm not with Ant that the Clippers are going to make it to the NBA Finals. That's, that's, that's crazy talk. Clip City, Chip City is not happening. But uh, if the Clippers don't make it out of the second round, I'd be shocked. Or I should say the first round, I'd be shocked. Wait, wait. So what are the odds the Clippers actually make it to the um, NBA Finals? The odds that the Clippers make it to the NBA Finals is 300, plus 300. So the odds for Utah and the odds for the Clippers are the same. The longest odds of any team that's actually in the top three are the Phoenix Suns because the last time the Phoenix Suns made it to the NBA Championship, we were all in, I believe, junior high school. It was Charles Barkley and Dan Marley. Yep, exactly. So... That was the last time, and that, that would have been the spring. Of, uh, I, remember, I remember those games, too. I used to stay so, up late. We didn't even know each other then. That's how long. No, we did. Was. No, we not did. in 93. No. Yes, we did. No. That was Actually, no, we did. Right. No, we right, did. we didn't. But I stayed up late at night, though, watching those games, though. I remember that. I came to school the next day with crust in my eye and everything. <laughs> I stayed up past midnight. I didn't care. I wanted to see my man Barkley win it, especially after the um the Olympics that year too. He went straight from the Olympics to that. 
I do remember him dropping like 40 or 50 points on um, the Warriors in the first round on Chris Webber. After Webber had that dunk on him, he was like, he went, he went and handled his business. He was like, oh, no, never again. I'm, I'm going to get all these points. I'm going to get all these buckets. And he had a 30-30 game during that playoff series, I believe. It was crazy. The one thing I hated about those games, though, is that when I, when I was watching Barkley, and I, I hated when Barkley took forever when he backed down, because every time he took forever to back, when he was backing down, he always missed a shot. As soon as he got the ball, just did one, one dribble, made his move, he always made it in. And I kept on saying to myself, why you just keep, just keep on doing that? You'll win. But yeah, going against Jordan at the end, that was, that was epic, though. Of course, of course. All right. Now moving on to the NFL season as they revealed on Wednesday. And I know you have some games you want to talk about with the New York Jets and also with your favorite rivals, that of the Buffalo Bills. Well, before I talk about that, I do want to say my favorite games of the um, of week one, though. I was looking at these things a little bit earlier. One of the matchups uh, I can't wait to watch is going to be the Bears versus the Rams because you're going to get to see Matt Stafford coming in. Basically, the Bears are actually going to fly to L.A., face against Matt Stafford, and we get to see exactly what Stafford would have been with Detroit. Unfortunately, Detroit actually had a team around him like, like the Rams do. That's going to be a def- definitely a good matchup, and I think that's going to be the game that Fields is going to come, come in and play. You're going, to see your, you're going to see a rookie play that game. I, I guarantee it. I don't think – was it Dalton? I don't think he's going to really – I don't think he's going to quite be the starter week one. That's just my opinion on that one. Just so you know, they have spreads on all the week one games. So the spread on that game right now, if you want to go get your bet in super-duper-duper duper early, which is going to be happening September 12th, that first Sunday, it's going to be the first Sunday night football game of the season. The Rams are favored by a touchdown already. I'm still taking the Bears on that one. I'm taking the Bears on that one. There's one another interesting game that a lot of these sports, other sports networks actually have been mentioning that I don't know if y'all guys noticed it or heard about it. They, had the, they, they both play at the same time, Broncos versus Giants, Packers versus Saints. You know why I'm bringing that up, right? Because a lot, a lot of other teams, a lot of other networks bring that up because that's one of the teams that Aaron Rodgers might want to go to is the Broncos. So they want to make sure that, five, that, 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 that they, these games play at the same time so they can switch back and forth with whichever one to make them the main primetime game for that hour. If you notice that the Packers play, Packers play the Saints if Aaron Rodgers shows up there. But not if he goes to the Broncos, which is the most likely team he'll get traded to, he can play against the Giants, beat good teams on that one. So there's no chance that he's going to go to the Niners. You think they're going to trade him to a, the AFC or they're going to let him stay in the NFC? I think he's just going to stay right where he's at. I think it's just a bunch of talk right now. So you don't think they move him at all? I don't think they move him at all. all right. I think he's the same pattern. That'll be it. There's a couple of more games I, I looked at here. One game that I really don't like is um, where, of course, they're going to have it out there. I doubt he's going to be – this quarterback's going to be starting at the time is the Jaguars versus Texans. I don't see – what's the name coming in for the Texans? Uh, he's going to be locked up in court or the NFL might suspend him. To make, so this actually makes an easy uh, – kind of an easy win for Trevor Lawrence to come out, you know, so they can, make, so they can actually make him look good on that one. Even though, in my opinion, he's – about Trevor Lawrence, I have a little slight opinion about him. I, I'm kind of glad the Jets didn't get the number one pick to get him. Um, Wait, are you telling me you you don't want Trevor Lawrence after all last season? Literally during this whole, I don't know, the first ten weeks of this podcast, you were like, "Let's keep losing for Trevor." Yeah, I actually wanted him at first, but it kind of changed my mind on that one a little bit at the end because it just it just seems something something seems wrong. 
I mean, he, he feels like he's like the LeBron James of the NFL type of thing, but it's something feels wrong about him. You mean like someone who's going to go on and win four Super Bowls? You mean that, that like, like that LeBron James? Like it, seemed like, the it, seemed like, it seemed like he can be that type of thing, but for some reason, I don't think, he, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I have to see more games with him in the NFL, but I, I, I just – maybe it could be just, the, you know, the part of me, you know, moving on from him and the guilt trips and all that stuff like that and, you know, seeing those nice games with Zach Wilson and stuff like that and being a Jets fan and, you know, now we got who we got. That could all be right. it. All right, Ant. But I do want to see the Jets versus Panthers because, you know, Sam just going to be going against Sam Donald. See what happens. See, Sam Donald's going to be with not only Robbie Anderson, but he's going to be with Matt Rule. You're going to see what happens. Because what, Matt Rule, I don't know if y'all noticed this um, before, Matt Rule actually wanted to be the Jets coach. But, of course, you know, Johnson's or whoever jumped in and wanted them to take on their defensive coach. But Matt Rule was like, no, I want to pick my own coaches type of thing. So he moved on and went to Carolina. Thing with Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson leaves and he goes to Carolina as well. Now you got Sam Donald over there. Get to see exactly what could have been versus what the Jets got right now. Uh, let me see. There's also another game that I do want to see as well, which is going to be um, the Steelers versus Bills. That's another good game I want to see match up because that's going to be two good type, two good teams right there. Matching up. What about you, Ace? Any games that you want to see up besides your Bears? Actually, no. My first game that I was going to talk about was the Bears going to uh, the Raiders in week five because that was the team that they made the trade with to give away all those picks that the Raiders have basically squandered because they're in the same situation they were when they made that trade. They drafted another star linebacker. They're still not really sure about um, their quarterback. And they had a pretty mediocre season last year, even though they took uh, rugs. So they have a wide receiver. They got their QB but they don't really have a squad that can win enough games in the AFC that can actually get them anywhere. They seem to actually have, they seem to have actually, the Raiders seem like an interesting team to me because they, they had to switch cities last year and they had no home fans all year. So that kind of affected them, but they were one of the few teams that actually beat Kansas city. So they're in Kansas city's division. They're in Denver's division and they're in San Diego's division, same division. I think they're already behind Kansas city as clearly, and they're already behind San Diego because San Diego has Justin Herbert. And San Diego has a better defense and a better quarterback. So I want to see how the Bears go out there and handle their business against them in terms of him getting the revenge game. And I also want to see the Bears go down to the Bucks. The most interesting game to me in terms of week one that I was looking at was the Steelers and the Bills. Because everybody expects the Steelers to kind of be trash and the Bills to be this team that's kind of ascending right now. But I want to see what happens when, if, if and when Ben Roethlisberger decides he's going to come back. That's what's going to make that very interesting for me. Yes, and they also, game. yes they, they may actually have a run game this year. And also the Seahawks and the Colts, two teams that both made the playoffs from different conferences. But the Colts basically ran it back with a different quarterback, a veteran. But it, they took um, – what's that guy's name from Philadelphia? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name because they decided to move on from him. Replaced him with Jalen Hurts, but they've already. Wow. Repl- hmm? No, I forgot his name already myself. I'll get it just saying. Yeah, but um, Carson Wentz. Carson yeah, Wentz. Carson Wentz. I don't know why I forget. Yeah, people, not forgettable. People have kind of already. Yeah, people. Seriously, no one's talking about Carson Wentz. Nobody's talking about that. The you know new quarterback for the Colts, and also nobody's talking about Russell Wilson trying to force his way out of or just being unhappy with Seattle. 
because that all got squashed as soon as quarter, as soon as uh, the Bears got Justin Fields. Unless they're willing to trade him for Russell Wilson off top, which as a Bears fan, nothing would be better to me than trading him for Russell Wilson right now, because what you're saying is we're going to try to win this in the next three years, which would yeah, blow up our salary cap, but I would do it. You don't know what Fields can be. Fields can be the next, you know. Maybe, but I know what our defense is right now. <laughs> yeah, they're ready to win. Yeah. And I actually want to watch that Jaguars-Texans game because talent-wise, those are the two worst teams in the NFL, and they're actually in the same division. So I want to see the two worst teams play week one off top and see who's actually the worst team in the NFL. To me, that's as, silly as, that, as silly as that is, we're going to know who the worst team in the NFL is after that game. That, to me, that's a fluffer game right there, especially if, if Watson's not playing. That's a fluffer game. It's going to be even more interesting because both of those teams have the worst – Have everybody, every executive has already said, like, you're going to be basically seeing a college all-star game. You're going to be guys, seeing guys in their first pro games for a lot of teams. The Texans lost a lot of guys in the offseason. Nobody wanted to resign. And the Jaguars are all brand-new teams. Like, the Jaguars, what, 1-15? So they could actually end up going – Two and fifteen this year because they added an extra game. Oh yeah, they're definitely going to win this game. So I think that's going to be pretty interesting. And the Broncos and the Giants, the Broncos are actually favored by point right now. That's how bad they're projecting the Giants to be. The Broncos are favored by point, and we don't even know who their quarterback is going to be week one. It's really messed up too because the, the the Giants actually added some good pieces around them for the on the offense. Apparently not enough to let the odd makers say that they're going to be favored at home week one. That shows you how much faith they have in Daniel Jones. And this is – he's got the same – he's basically going through what Sam, um, Sam Donald had last year. He, he is, is basically you're going to lose your team if you suck. They're going to draft somebody else. That this and Saquon is Barkley is coming off his ACL too. So, you never know. Saquon or no Saquon, he, he needs to perform. I hear you on that. Go ahead, Malik. What do you think? Um – I think that the I think that the Giants Broncos line is, is is based on the Broncos being considered uh, a a team that's a quarterback away from being a playoff contender, and if they were to wind up getting getting Aaron Rodgers, um, this team is a legitimate contender in their division, um, and even without him, they're again you know, so quarterback play away from being a good team, um, as much as I can't stand it. I'm surprised that you guys missed, as far as week one is concerned, I'm surprised that you guys missed, you know, what's likely to be the most competitive or at least the most interesting game, and that is the rematch of the AFC Championship game, Browns at Chiefs. Um, that game, that game when it was played last, last not, I'm sorry, not AFC Championship game, it was the second round, it was a divisional, um, it was the second round game uh, where the Browns went and, and lost up in the arrowhead against the Chiefs. Um, but it was strength on strength, it was, it was probably the, you know, with the exception of the, the Super Bowl, you know, where Mahomes played injured, that was the game where, you know, the Cleveland Browns had that game, you know, um, in, in a lot of, um, they had the opportunities in that game to win that game in Arrowhead against a team that was fully, um, you know, fully healthy, against a fully healthy Chiefs team. They've added to their defense. They added Jadavion Clowney to that defensive line. Um, they've added some more, some more pieces. Odell Beckham is back, you know, fully healthy and hopefully fully bought into the situation. So maybe that's going to be better for their offense. Um, they still have the the combination of <clears throat> of Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And so, you know, in another year, in another year for Baker Mayfield to 
you know, show his growth and his development and show that he's capable of leading a team that has much higher expectations on them now than they did a year ago. Um, and the Chiefs, you know, they're coming off of a pretty bad loss in the Super Bowl, and they added, and and everyone knew what their what their biggest problem was, which was offensive line, and they addressed that by trading for Orlando Brown. Um, and so the expectation is that this team is going to be these are these are going to be two teams where when the dust has settled in the AFC, these two along with Bills and potentially, you know, um, Steelers or some uh, Patriots or whatever are going to be the teams where um, they're, they're going to be paying paying attention to at the end. So I can't wait to see what happens with that. Um, as far as overall, um, overall games, um, I'm surprised Ant, that you didn't mention uh, Week Four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New England to play against the Patriots, um, if for no other reason than being a um, a culmination of sorts uh, for the you know the end of the Belichick Brady era um, for them to play a game against one another, which is on my this birthday is- next year. Oh, well, great. Even even better. Um, so, you know, if, if for no other reason than it be a game where these two teams are going to play against each other and you're going to watch, you know, the chess match that was Belichick against everybody else when he had Brady, and now it's going to be Belichick game planning against Brady, which never had to happen before. Um, he's never had to do that before. Um, and so I'm just looking forward to the chess match there. And who comes out? Who comes out on top there? My guess is obviously Tampa is a much better team overall, and you know the talent will win out from that perspective. But at least you expect this to be a, a, a really interesting matchup between two two you know sides of two sides of a coin that, like, for lack of a term, like they had the best um, dynasty over the last twenty years. The, the dynasty that you saw from the Patriots, you're never going to see that again. Not in my lifetime. I don't think we're gonna see that in our lifetime. Or a twenty-year stretch where 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 these where these where this quarterback and this coach just completely dominate the entire league. What we can say, Anthony. No, the only reason I didn't really mention it because I want to see how the Patriots actually turn out first. Because the thing is that they went out and it seemed like they rebuilding their teams to how it was in their first couple of years. Yeah, but I don't. I don't honestly. I don't think that. I don't think that matters. I don't think it matters to me how good the Patriots are when the Bucks come there. The Patriots could be 0-3, and, and, and they could stink. But the expectation is that Bill Belichick has something up to sleep with Tom Brady. But that's, that's, you know, if you are the, the, you know, the guru of all things Brady, as you say you are, like this is the game where, you know, we really put the, the onus on who's, who's better. Because, again, like I said, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay should win this game. They're more talented. They're the Super Bowl champions. You know, they have talent up and down that roster that the Patriots don't have. The Patriots are still rebuilding their roster. So the expectation at the end is that Tampa Bay should win the game. So I don't think – I think even if the Patriots are 3-0 and walking into – if they're 3-0, and expect, you know, the expectations are higher that maybe, maybe it's because well, that, they're doing some great things. Just so you all know that those – the tickets for those games are already going to be like 800 bucks up here in Massachusetts. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today. It's already insane. Yeah, it's the matchup. It's the Brady-Belichick matchup. It's, it's what do you do, you know, when these two, you know, these two alpha dogs, alpha males who, you know, had an amazing dynasty, an amazing run together, you know, the relationship soured for one reason or another, and they are now coming back. And it's now, you know, it's, it's Michael Jordan playing against Phil Jackson. That's like what, that's what this is. 
you know, how do you game plan against that? Is it, was it the coach? Was it the player? You know, and this is going to be the opportunity to see what that's all about. So, If y'all had a bet right now, who y'all betting on? I mean, I'm, I'm always going to bet the player. I'm never going to, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously players have to execute. You know, coaches can call the best game plan on the planet. The players have to go out there and execute. I'm, I'm always going to bet that the player has the, has the not, upper hand there. I'm not betting on um... – I'm not betting on how old is Tom Brady going to be? 43 years old? 43, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm not betting on a 43-year-old quarterback. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't think that he won the Super Bowl. I would say that his defense won it. Um, he threw the passes. They protected him great. But um, they sacked Patrick Mahomes. They were on him before he could make a move. Nobody was able to get open. They just couldn't protect them. And I should have known better than to pick them, but I was just kind of high on the fact that, well, Tyreek Hill always gets open. They should be able to protect him enough but just not realizing how good that defensive line was and realizing if you can't protect your QB, they're just going to get to him all day. So it was really more of, to me, in my, in my opinion, considering how Tampa Bay barely got by the Washington football team in the playoffs, if the Patriots' defense is markedly better than it was last year because everybody who sat out last year is coming back, and they also brought in a few new um, players playing on the secondary and also the all of the receivers that they signed, if Sony Michelle is healthy, their run game is going to be much better with Cam and him. Mac Jones is going to have a full offseason to prepare. So if he has to play that game, he'll at least be ready. He won't, he won't be rattled, but they're going to have Cam. They're going to see how healthy that arm is. He's already had one year in that offense with some actual receivers and some help. I'm betting on Cam Newton and the Patriots defense, really, to stop Tom Brady. That actually I'm, betting, will be the- I'm betting on a younger, quicker defense for the Patriots to actually keep Brady from scoring and also to keep Gronk out of the end zone. Because I know those guys are tired of hearing about him and they want to they wanna win the game. It's not, it's not even about Belichick. It's about showing everybody else that the defense mattered more than the offense did when he was there. Actually, it might be the game that you might see, see Mac Jones first start. I wouldn't be surprised. Against two. Pull that out. Against really? The Bucks. That is not one of the best defenses in the NFC. That is not happening. You want to get Mac Jones murdered. You wouldn't do your QB like that. You want to get Mac Jones murdered. You never know. They might be just they might hold him just for that last minute, just just as a quite since there's no there'll be no game plan on him. I honestly think I honestly think uh, Belichick will start Jared Stidham over him. Honestly. No, Jared If if Cam if Cam Cam can't go, I'm saying Cam is Cam is a starter. Got Cam it. can't go if he's hurt. I, I think if it's, if the decision is Mac Jones or Jarrett Stidham, I think I think Belichick would go with Stidham in that in that in that situation. You don't put that, especially if it's if he doesn't have a, a you know a full a full weeks of practice and all that stuff. But you don't put him out against the, the Super Bowl champions. Like he has to beat Tom Brady. No, well, they give him a full week's practice and everything, but there's there will be no real tape out on him. I don't think that matters so much to, to, to Bill Belichick. I mean, he has to put the he's got to put the best team out there that he can, that he can win with. I mean, Greta, you're right. If he if he feels like Mac Jones is ready to go, I don't think it'll stop Bill Belichick from doing it. I just don't think Mac Jones Mac Jones be ready to go. That would be insane. That would be you you wouldn't put a first year quarterback who like coming from Alabama to here, like he has the discipline and the work ethic, but I can't imagine he'd be ready after three preseason games and three three of his first games in the NFL, like, to go. Like, if Cam's hurt, I can see him playing because Jared Stidham has been there for years. And he he didn't he wasn't even the emergency quarterback last year. Like, think he was the emergency QB. He was never the backup. He was never Cam's backup QB. 
he was third string and he played that game where Cam got hurt. But that was about it. So they know what they have in him. And everybody kept saying, let's play him to see what we have. And Belichick wouldn't. So imagine what Belichick sees in practice. And he's like, yeah, not even then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I would say is to your point about the Cleveland yeah. game, I was kind of mm-hmm. leaving that for you because I thought Cleveland was a fluke last year. But obviously I was wrong because that divisional game was good. But Cleveland came back to make it close. They scored two second half touchdowns to make it close. I do remember that. But I don't I just don't I just don't have much faith in them being able to continue it for a second season. Like that was Cleveland's first playoff win literally since like ninety something. So but it also shows you the difference. It also kind of shows you the differences when you put the same players in a different system. You put the those same Cleveland players was not really all that until they got into that system. Well the um, defense was really good. Miles Garrett and the rest of that defense was they were pretty fireball last year. Um Outside of my lines, who I think are going to be bad intentionally this year. Um, not intentionally. I think, they, I think they're going to try to be good. I think they're going to be bad because they've got a bad, bad hellacious schedule. And um, there's still a lot of holes that they have to fill from a roster perspective. The team that I'm most interested in seeing this year that is not the Rams, I'm sorry, it's not the Rams with Matt Stafford, the Lions or Saints. Is going to be. I'm really interested in seeing what the Saints on this play, and when this Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation, how this unfolds. Because I mean, you got to remember, guys, this is a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. This is a team that, for you know, with you know, with the, with, with without the, some of the injuries that they experienced over the course of you know last year, this is a team that was expected to be in the, be in the in the thick of the playoff chase. Um, and, and to make a deep run in the playoffs uh, in 2020. You know, the, the defense that they have, the running game that they have, the receivers that they have, you know, Kittle and, um, <clears throat> and, and, all, and all those young, young talents at receiver. Like, these are, this is a team that is expected to be there at the end. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with their quarterback situation. When Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season, how long he, how, how long the leash he has, what is Trey Lance? You know, what is he as a as, a, as an NFL talent, as a NFL quarter caliber player? And where is he going to take that team once he does get the opportunity to start? And will it be enough? Because that division is going to be super tough with obviously Seattle being what they are, and then the Rams that we talked about a little bit earlier being a very good team as well. And Arizona's no slouch. So this is going to be a very interesting division. Um, that's why I'm really interested to see what the Sabres are going to play this season. So that's the team that's the team that's really on my radar is the Ravens. The Ravens have Kansas City at home, week two, which is going to be a great game. The Ravens go have Indianapolis at home, week five. They have their bye week in week eight. Then they have to go to Miami. They have to go to Chicago. And then they have Cleveland at home, which is like the first was a week nine through 12. No, nine, 10, 11. They have Miami, Chicago, and Cleveland, all teams that had winning records last year. So the Ravens are going to be my team to watch because they have high expectations and they have one of the toughest schedules in the league because they're playing the NFC North and they're playing the AFC West. Both divisions that are markedly improved and they're playing the Rams as one of their off games. And they're also playing the Dolphins as one of their off games and the Chiefs. So they have one of the tougher schedules in the league, and we expect them to be a 12 to 13 win team. 
with this being the first season ever with 17 games. But now we're going to move on back to one of my favorite topics. Will Tim Tebow actually make the Jaguars roster? Oh, man, you had to bring that guy up, man. Oh, yeah, along with the rest of the media, even us here in the amateur sports media and the sports betting. I wonder, I'm still trying to find odds on this, but I want to see if I can bet this, that Tim Tebow doesn't make the roster. Yeah, he's not making enough, and they just brought him in for besides his prayers and stuff like that. They they basically brought him in to be the 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 you know the guy that shows this is how quite um we should be get everything done. This is how to be a professional, you know. As far as he's concerned, to you know lead that type of example type of thing. But I don't think the Jaguars needed. I think it's more of going to be more of a media circus. I think that was a bad move by them, but we'll see what happens. Do you think they're actually going to listen to them though? Because don't you have to have had some actual success in the NFL to listen to a guy talking about let's do things the right way. He's never done things the right way in the NFL because he won one playoff game with the team that then replaced him. I don't think he's going to say a word. I think he's just going to, it's just more about examples and stuff like that. It's going to be leading by example type of thing. But at the end of the day, I think when it's time to 53, it's going to, it's going to be between choosing him or some court guy who made it came off the street that actually might be way better than him, that they need that that roster spot, they're going to choose that guy. Now, y'all follow, the, y'all follow the NFL rules a lot more than I do. So are they actually expanding the roster because it's now a 17-game season? Or is it still going to be a, is it 53 or 54-man roster? Still 53. Well, yeah, they're yeah, not expanding it to 60. No, but they might, be, they might, they might keep the expanded practice squad. So he could be a practice squad guy for all the whole season. Well, technically, all they do, if you think about it, all they're doing is just getting rid of week four in the preseason and adding another week. Most of the time in week four, a lot of these players play up to the third quarter. So there's no, no real difference in their minds. I, I'm saying in the executive minds, you know, the, the guys who's not really playing. It's always like that in workplaces. Yeah, but now for the fans, right? Like before you had to, if you had, if you're a season ticket holder and everybody who's listening to this podcast knows it and whether you bet on games or not, now basically the fourth preseason game is the first game of the NFL season. So now there's less warm up time. There's less time to practice and get yourself together because before you had a month that you knew for sure that everybody was going to be there for training camp. Now you have a little bit less time. And with the NFL players holding out due to the restrictions, not the restrictions, but like I believe it's something with the NFL PA holding out and making sure like, you know, their concerns are taken care of before these guys show up to voluntary mini camps, you know, and training camps, things like that. Are players actually going to be more prepared for this season being as they already came off a season with no training camp. And everybody said the first three weeks of the season were going to be sloppy. I think they, they're still going to, they're going to adjust to that part. They're going to be okay with that. The part that I think that is going to be um, messed up at the end is those guys who's in the bubble. Those guys who came in, you know, if, as undrafted free agents or those guys who came in in the middle of the camp and stuff like that, and they showed they, they had their last chance to prove it in the fourth quarter for the fourth game, that's going to be gone for them. They, they won't have that time to shine. Those are the people that is really going to really hurt at the end. And that's why I think that, um, you know, uh, that Tim Tebow actually makes this team. Um, <clears throat> as a tight end? As a tight end. I mean, obviously, he's probably going to tight end. It's not going to be a quarterback. Um, I think 
And one of the things that one of the things that you know people are are, are going to grip this. I mean, he's 32 years old. He's relatively healthy from a from a from a health standpoint. He hasn't taken any any kind of hits or any kind of a beating from an NFL perspective. So he never got hit by baseball last year in the minor leagues. If he, if he did, great. If he did, then he did. But that's not, you know, he's not taking NFL punishment for any particular length of time. So he should be healthy. Um, the other thing is, like, nobody's going to outwork him. Like, Tim Tebow works. I, I, I will give him credit beyond credit. That man works about as hard as you can possibly work yeah. to be as good as he can possibly be. His talent level is what, temp- what tends to be his, his biggest problem. He's just not very talented. But he works harder than anybody else, you know, as hard as anybody else. He's going to set an example for the entire Jaguars team, organization, locker room. And if he doesn't make the 53, he will be there and he will be on that team in some capacity. It's important to them to have Tim Tebow. Um, you really believe kind of that? I, I, I do. I believe it's important for the Jacksonville Jaguars, for Urban Meyer, and for that, for that, that area of Florida. That absolutely loves Tim Tebow and loves everything he stands for. It's a, it's a, as much as it's a football thing to do, I think it's more of an image thing. I think you don't bring him in, you don't make this big, you know, big display about bringing him in if you had, if, if it was just going to be a, you know, a tryout and he gets cut in 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 August and then you never hear from him again. I think Tim Tebow will be a part of this organization in some capacity for the very least the next season. You know what the scary part is? That you saying that, I'm starting to think about Tim Tebow packages in H pack in, in, in as an H back. You know, all of a sudden, you know, some for some reason the ball gets hiked to him since he's in the H back, and he starts tossing it around and stuff like that, or doing whatever Tim Tebow BS. I mean, you think about it. He was never he was never going to do this. This was never going to happen. With the other 29 teams in the league, I mean, 31 teams in the league, sorry, 32 teams in the league, right? No other team, there are 31 other teams, no other team is going to give him this opportunity. He was well, it did. He turned it down. He, when he was on the New England Patriots, this is exactly what Bill Belichick wanted him to do circa what? Was it 2009? Right, no, I mean this year. Oh, okay. I mean, like, I mean, like, thirty-three-year-old Tim Tebow was. You could call. So you don't think he's too old of an athlete to be coming back to try to do this? That he's too no. slow. No, I mean, if he's if he's slow, he's going to just be slow. I mean, it's, 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 okay. Like, I don't think he's going to be too slow to, to to block and to catch passes. You know, to run, run a couple of curls and catch some passes. I don't think he's going to be too slow for it. I don't think he's going to be a dynamic tight end. He's not Gronkowski or anything like that. I can see him being third on the draft draft depth chart now and being like a wildcat type of tight end. I can see some dumb stuff like that popping up. Malik, Malik and it. I just just want you to imagine this. Okay. They have, I'm looking at the preseason for the Jaguars. So let's say Tim Tebow dresses and plays in that game. They're playing the New Orleans Saints. Who are the New Orleans Saints defensive ends? Hmm. Will Smith. Will Smith. And, um, Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan. Who Cam Jordan's a pro bowler, correct? Of course. Okay. So imagine Tim Tebow being assigned to go over and help on Cam Jordan's side because we need a little bit of extra help from the tight end. Now no, imagine I, Cam Lily, imagine Kim blocking Cam Jordan and seeing how that goes for him. It's, it's, not, it's not going to be it's not going to it's not gonna be well no matter who he is, who he is. Look, 
I'm not saying that he's going to have a great year. I'm sorry, it's, it's Marcus Davenport. Will, Will Smith, is, Will Smith Marcus, is in my head. It's Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport, even better. Marcus Davenport is a different one. But um, I'm not saying that he's going to be good. I'm saying he's going to be a part of this organization. That's what I'm saying. And if that means he makes the 53 and he's the starting tight end, that probably tells you all you need to know about the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's an organization, it's a team, and how, how talented their, their roster is going to be if he's, if he's the starting tight end. If he is a gadget guy, to Anthony's point, H-back type of deal, you know, and they throw in a couple of packages for him, right? I think more than anything else, it's probably more towards the line of mm. he's a he's a he's a coach on the field, you know. Mm. Um, he's an extension of Urban Meyer and a coach on the field and a like a motivational type of guy who you know helps to helps to get Trevor helps to bring Trevor Lawrence along. And that's the other piece about it that I think is a little different. So he understands what Urban Meyer is bringing to this, bringing to the team. And if, if, if anybody that can tell him, that can tell Trevor Lawrence, like, look, I might not be able to do what you do, mm-hmm. but I can help it to. Might not. Might not be able to. I can't do what you do. Okay. But at the very least, you know, I can help you. I can help guide you along this path of working with the coach that I had great success with in college and have been connected to for a very long time. I think, I think as an ambassador for Urban Meyer situation, Florida in general, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think that's why Tim Tebow is here. I think that's what he's there for. And I think he will be, at the very least, if he'll make the, like I said, the practice squad left tight level. Um, he may not be eligible for the practice squad. I can't remember if they if there were restrictions on age or the number, number of years accrued in the NFL. He might be too old. How many years did he play in the NFL before? Was it four years or three years? Four years. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I think he, I think he may have accrued too many years. So he's NFL already, he's already got an NFL well. pension, right? Because he played a full four years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So two, two number one tight ends, two top two tight ends listed for the Jacksonville Jaguars are Chris Manhurts from the from the Bronx. Shout out to the BX and Luke Farrell, who was a rookie last year with them. Both are 6'6", 250, and Luke Farrell was a first-round draft pick. It was a fifth-round pick last year out of Ohio State. So also probably an Urban Meyer guy, considering that he was, you know, there on the team when they won the national title when Urban Meyer was there. And I I can't see Tim Tebow making this team. I'm sorry. Like, it's not so much that he doesn't have something to add in terms of inspiration, but NFL players don't need inspiration. They need – Everybody's trying to make this roster. It's a job. And I think Urban Meyer is giving him a shot because he can. And he's the head coach, and he has to say over a, over a lot. But I don't see how Tim Tebow helps them as a tight end. Now, if he's going to come in and do some gadget plays, and he's going to be the 53rd guy, and he's willing to play special teams, okay, then maybe. Because he is six foot two and he's 245 pounds. And when he did play, he ran like a 4'6", 4'7". So he's not that slow. So even at 33... He still can't run that time. He can't be that out of shape because he has been playing minor league baseball, like the double A, and he even got the triple A, I believe, right? The last time he played mm-hmm. that's two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. So him having played four seasons of minor league baseball, at least they know that he's been running. So he may not be in football shape and he hasn't been taking a lot of hits, but he was able to play at the NFL level when he was in his, I guess, prime, you would say from 22 to 26. Yep. So at the very least, he's not going to be, 
He's not going to – I don't think he'll be a positive athletically at tight end because he's just not tall enough. Because now they go for guys that are 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 like Jimmy Graham, and he's not going to be able to block anyone. So I – That's why I see more of an H-back. I just want to say this for him. I hope they don't ever have him line up there and legitimately have him try to chip a Khalil Mack or a Marcus right. Davenport. I completely hope he does. Or, I want to see. I want to see. That'd be that. so awesome. Like like much because it's, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's not even that. Anybody from Arizona <laughs> or Cincinnati, like let's put it like this: the first game that if he plays against that Bills game week, I think that's week nine or ten against Buffalo. Imagine him chipping one of their defensive ends. Imagine yeah, no, him chipping no, one I, of their this linebackers. Is, this is. I, I want to see him get blown up on the on play, and then I want to see the camera pan right to Urban Meyer. It just, just, just. <laughs> so you think he's going to make the roster, and they're just going to have him out there as a sacrificial lamb? <laughs> no, I think, away. I think you're right. I think, I think that you know, NFL players do not need motivation. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars organization does, and that's what Tim Tebow is going to be there for. So in whatever capacity that he can provide that, I think that's what he's going to be there to provide and to provide some level of guidance, tutelage, or mentorship to a player like Trevor Lawrence, who is, you know, unfortunately – you know, for him, he's joining a really bad. This is going to be the most he's ever going. He's going to lose in his in his football life. Okay, he never faced he's this. getting ready to lose. He has never done this before. He has never walked into a situation where you are on the worst team. He's always been the best guy on the best team. He's got, I mean, what, what did he lose two games in Clemson in three years? Like two yeah. or three games yeah. in three years? Like he's going to lose two games. He might lose three right. games in his first two weeks. In Jacksonville, okay, no, he, he, he's gonna find a way to lose three games in two weeks. Okay, this is this is, this is <laughs> that's how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars are gonna be. He's gonna be he's gonna need therapy. He's gonna need therapy. And he's gonna need Jesus. And who better to bring in if you need Jesus? Than Tim Tebow. Right. Perfect segue. <laughs> solid, solid point. Solid point. I will say they can win their first two games because they have. They go to Houston and then they have Denver at home, so they could be two and zero to start this season. Oh, please! After that, this is, it gets kind of rocky. This is why I wish Aaron Rodgers do get traded to um the Broncos. Just <laughs> so I can see that. Man, listen, yeah, um, they're they they could have the number one pick next season. Like, if you told me the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick next season after going three and fourteen, I believe it, or four and fifteen, four and fifteen. No, four and thirteen. I, I would be generous. You really they be won generous. one game last year. So if they win four games this year, after getting all those draft picks, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be generous. I think that's honest because they can beat Houston, they can beat Denver, mm, they might beat Cincinnati. Their division, their division is 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 a little suspect. And they have Houston twice, and they also have the Jets at the end of the season. So Doesn't the mean Jets aren't, still lose. No, if the Jets aren't going well, the Jets will tank. Is what they no. do. No. See, you look at the old Jets, Ace. This just no, no, no. seems going to surprise building again. What's the point in winning more games with a rookie quarterback if you're not going to make the playoffs? This team's going to surprise people. Okay. That's all I'm going to say on that. So you're, so you're predicting the Jets are going to win how many games, Ant? I'm not saying nothing else. I'm just saying that this team's going to surprise people because everybody likes to um, more or less like to shit on them. So, you know, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. So let, let everybody keep talking bad about them, and we'll see what happens when, when, when week one, when it just come out and so start surprising people. All right. I feel you. But, 
But as far as for the Jaguars, I can see I don't I don't really see them winning that many games. I only can see them maybe winning two. Not even three games. No, I don't see them winning three games. So you like I said earlier, I have a strange feeling that Trevor Lawrence is can either go either way. I was just going to be a really great quarterback that's going to uplift that team. He's going to be doing way more this year. Or you're going to see that two games that I'm talking about, and he's not really all that. Mm. Okay. All right, Ant. I hear you. All right. Moving on, we're going to start picking the NBA games. We have all 15 teams playing tomorrow, which makes for a pretty exciting matchup for us here. And we're going to be getting started with the Wizards at the Hornets. Wait, before you start, what, what day, so, so for the people who's actually listening to this. People listening day? at home, this is going to be for May 16th. This is the final game. This is the final games of the NBA season. They're playing 15 games all day from 1 o'clock all the way to 9 p.m. Yeah, because they used to us on coming out on Friday, so they got to know that these are Sunday games. These are all Sunday games. So these are the last regular season games. Every single team is going to be playing, so it's kind of like NFL Sunday. You're going to have 15 games all week, all on a Sunday, which is kind of – and I think it's kind of smart from the NBA to schedule it like this to try to own a day since they're going to be the only team heading into their – the only league heading into their playoffs. And, uh, yeah, they're going to try to control the calendar, which I think is important for them to, you know, grow as a league and a sport if you really want to bring more people in and get more people paying attention, especially at the end of the season when everybody may not really be, you know, all in on this. But there's only about two games that I haven't been able to get a spread on, but the rest of them we do. Um, the Bucks, Bulls, there's no spread out yet. And the Nets, Cavs, there's no spread out yet. Um, but we're going to get started with the 1 o'clock games. And we're going to be starting with the – what? Go ahead, Ant. As for the Bulls and the Cavs, they're not even going to be in the playoffs, right? Uh, no, neither the Bulls or the Cavs can even make the playoffs, but both of those games impact teams that can be, which are the Nets and the Bucks. So depending on how those games go, those teams can flip from two to three or three to two. Okay. Because they're one spot away from each other, as I ran down earlier. So every single game actually matters because it's going to impact where people are proceeding where people are for the playing game. And then also in terms of teams losing more games, Houston's pretty much going to be the worst team in the league, no matter what. But for the other teams, they could actually, you know, increase their odds a little bit, even though they try to flatten out the tanking. Nobody's really tried to intentionally tank this year with all of the games that got interrupted by COVID at the beginning of the season. So we're going to be starting with the Hornets going to the Wizards. The Wizards are going to be, giving five points to the Charlotte Hornets. We're probably going to end up in the playing round. Both of these teams have the same exact record. Depending on who wins this game, it may depend on who ends up being the eighth seed. So they may only have to win one game to actually get in against the Celtics. We're now locked in at the seventh seed. And I'm going to take the Wiz to win this game. It's going to be one of my locks of the week. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I never have this this season, and I never will pick any type of magical team. So I'm still going to stick with the Hornets on this one. And just because you made this your lock of the week, I'm going to make this my lock of the week as well. I th- I should, I think we quite my quite my pick is going to actually go go through and win this. So I'm going with the Hornets on that. Beautiful. Go ahead. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I'm going to take the Wizards as well. Um, Ace. Uh, <clears throat> You, if you guys get a chance, we want the 
Hornets played the Knicks earlier today, uh, actually on Saturday um, afternoon in the Garden, and it looks like um, it, well, Lamelo Ball was not playing at the end of that game. I don't know if that means he was hurt. Um, they they didn't really report any any major issues with him, um, but you know it could potentially he could potentially be be hurt or or, or out or at least limited for this game um, because you know, Charlotte is pretty much locked into where they're going to be. They're either going to no. be five or they're going to be five or six. I'm just saying they, they they're they're not locked in in the sense that they are. If they they're locked in the sense game, they could end up dropping all the way down to ten. Right, right. What I'm saying is they're in they're either they're gonna be in the play in, mm-hmm. right? They're locked into that. Yeah. There's an understanding that they're not going to fall out of the playoffs as no. a result of, you know, this 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 game. And so I think that if it's if it's you know, go all out to play against to, to play this game against Washington and potentially hurt, you know, uh, your guy, you know, if you can give him an extra couple of days of rest and you know, just play, just plan to play for Tuesday. That's probably the route that they that they take. Um, so I'm going to go Washington here again. Um, I think it behooves Washington to maintain their level of uh, momentum going in. You know, Westbrook's been going crazy. Uh, triple doubles all over the place. I think he's averaging a triple double this year again. Um, or that's what I had heard um, based off his recent run um, that he was averaging a triple double again this year, um, which is insane. But yeah, Washington should. Closes out, even with Bradley Beal being questionable at this at this at this point. Um, I think they should still win this game and close it out. I gotta look that up real quick because I know Westbrook broke the record, but yes, he is in fact averaging a triple double with 64 games played out of the 71 total. He's averaging with 36 minutes a game in his what? What is this? His 15th season. Mm-hmm. Right, he's been playing since 2008. No, his third, his 14th season in the league, and he is averaging 36 minutes a game, 22 points, 11 and a half rebounds, 11.8 assists. So yeah. 22, 11, and 11, and with almost one and a half steals a game, mm-hmm. shooting 65% from the free throw line and 30 and 44% from the field. Although he's still pretty mediocre at shooting threes, but that's we already knew at 31% from yeah from there. If Beal can actually come back and play in the playoffs, you know, he's shown that he's got some help and Westbrook's actually bringing along Rui Hachimura and Daniel Gafford, who's come out of nowhere and just playing the games of his life the past couple of weeks. It's really kind of impressive to see them go. But yeah, just them giving up five points to the Hornets and also with the Wizards being at home, I got the Wizards. Next game we got up is the Pacers are going to be, I think they're hosting. The, oh no, they're playing in Tampa against the Raptors. Um, the Raptors are getting six points at home. The Raptors don't have anything to play for. The Pacers need to, well, I don't know if the Pacers need to win this game. It may, may or may not affect their seeding, but they're going to be either eight, nine, or 10. So it's a matter of winning one or two games. But I'm going to take the Raptors. They've been playing a lot of teams close. They're bad, but they're not as bad as everybody thinks they are. Um, I'm going to take the Raptors getting six. Go ahead, Ant. And I'm taking the Raptors as well on this one. The Pacers could have easily been out of the, um, the play-in, and the Raptors could have easily been in. So in this one, these teams, it's going to be a, a little good battle here at the end, but I'm going to go with the Pacers. The Pacers or the Raptors? You just said both teams. Did I? Yes. You said you were taking the Raptors, and at the end, you just said you were taking the Pacers. Oh, my fault. I mean, because I kind of 
Yeah. Anyway, I still hate the Pacers. I'm going with the Raptors. Okay. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. <laughs> like... um, <clears throat> no Kyle Lowry, no Fred Van Vliet, no Pascal Siakam for Toronto. That means I don't even know who's playing in this game. Um, so give me the Pacers because I have no idea who Toronto's actually going to be putting out there. They're playing and, and no Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., yeah. who they traded for, and Rodney yes. Hood. Yeah, and, and uh, Kem Birch. Yeah, exactly. And no OG and an OB as well. Yeah, just yeah. I, I'll, I'll take Indiana. They're resting all um, the guys that are actually any good. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. So that's maybe that was the reason why my brain was going towards the Indiana. So yeah, I'm going to switch that back. I'm going with Indiana. I'm still taking them getting the six points. Um, they almost beat Dallas the other day. They lost by four to Dallas in Dallas. So I'm sticking with my pick of the Raptors. There isn't too much because the last game of the season, so it's kind of all out for the guys who, you know, may or may not be on an NBA roster. Um, you know, nothing's guaranteed in the league. Y'all, y'all can still get cut. Third game, one o'clock, are New York Knicks at 40 and 31. We were discussing earlier, hosting the Boston Celtics, who are locked in at the seventh seed. The Knicks need to win this to guarantee themselves the four seed. The Knicks are giving seven and a half points to the Celtics. Now, I don't doubt that the Knicks are going to win, but do I think that the Knicks are going to beat them by eight points? I don't know, but I know they're going to try. And the Knicks are really going to enjoy, especially beating the Celtics, because the last time they actually made it to the playoffs, they beat the Celtics in the first round. So I'm going to take the Knicks, winning this one by a dozen or more. So give me the Knicks. That's going to be my second lock of the week. Yeah, I'm going with the Knicks, and I'm also going with the points on this one. Even though I do have, for some reason, I have the Celtics coming in there at the end. But quite earlier, I was saying that about the Eastern Conference, I still have the Knicks going to win this one. All right. Give me yeah, a point. Um, I have the Celtics on a backdoor cover here. I don't think they won the game, but I think I think seven and a half points is a lot to give up um, to give to any team, really. And the Knicks have played really great, and they're healthy, and there's no reason that they should lose this game. Um, maybe, you know, depending on – I mean, the, the, the good thing is the Knicks have something to play for. It's a one o'clock game. So it's not like the results of the other games will have been out already, and so this gives them an opportunity to rest a guy like Julius Randle, to rest a guy like R.J. Barrett. They're going to be out there playing their game, playing this game to win. So I expect them to go out there and get the victory. But I, I, for some reason, I just feel like that's a, that's a line that's a little bit high and the, the Celtics get a, get a backdoor cover. So I'll go ahead and take the Celtics here um, to get to cover the second half. All right. All right. Next up, we have in the fourth game, we have the Suns going to San Antonio. The Suns have to beat them by 10 and a half points. I don't think that's happening. I don't think the Spurs are that bad and the Suns aren't that good. They could blow them out, but the Suns are still playing for the number one overall seed in the West. I can't imagine them not winning this game, but I can't imagine them beating the Spurs by 11 points. The Spurs can't really move up, but I can't just see them just getting blown out like that, even with their backups playing. And if they're resting their guys, the Suns are probably going to rest Chris Paul and a few of their top players as well. So give me the Spurs here to cover them. Yeah, I'm not choosing against the Spurs. The Spurs got this one. Give me the Spurs on this one. You're just afraid of the San Antonio Mafia there. No, no, no. All I know is that the Spurs is going to win. They're getting into, they getting into this playoffs. 
They have to get into the playoffs, man. Go ahead, Malik. We'll get into the playoffs. There's no half. They will. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is another line that's just too large for me to too large for me to go against. Um, give me the Spurs to cover the ten and a half. I think that's uh, I think that's just a big a big cover to hold on the last game of the season when neither team really has um, a whole ton at stake. At least Phoenix doesn't. Um, so to me, there's no incentive for them to go out and really you know, push the push the envelope here. I see Chris Paul playing a playing a half, you know, um, <clears throat> and, and you know doing some things there. But yeah, other than that, I think this team, I think Phoenix is getting ready for playoffs and getting ready to uh, rest their guys. And I just don't see them, you know, going all out to try to cover the spread. So I'll go ahead and take uh, I'll go ahead and take the other side of this as well. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll get the ticket ten and a half points with the Spurs. All right. Next up, we got the Warriors hosting the Grizzlies. The Warriors are giving four and a half to the Grizz. I'm going to take the Warriors as my third lock of the week. This is going to be their last home game of the season. So if the fans are even allowed to see them play in San Francisco, I think they're going to come out and support. And I think Steph is going to want to try to you know, keep it rolling. Him and Draymond aren't going to want to let the rust set in. And being as they're tied, if they lose this game, then they don't even have to just win one just to get into the playoffs. And they don't want to have to play two extra games when everybody else is getting a week worth of rest. So give me the Warriors. Okay, this, is definitely, this is definitely going to be a Warriors win right here. Give me the same exact thing. I, I don't see them trying to push this, in, think this envelope any further. So give me the Warriors on this one. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, this is my first lock of the week. Golden State has won their last five games. They've covered their last five games, two against Oklahoma City, one against Utah, um, and then one against Utah, Phoenix, and then New Orleans most recently on the 14th. Um, they are rolling. Steph is rolling. This team is, you know, playing at a high level at the right time. Um, and again, like I said, they've covered their last five games. So. Uh, and even when those, even when that line has been high, Oklahoma City games, they were 13 and a half point favorites. It was a home at home against Oklahoma City. They were, they were 13 and a half point favorites both times, and they won both of those games. Um, I expect them to do the same thing and, and cover and cover this one. So um, I know Memphis is a tough. Memphis is, has been a tough team to evaluate all season for me. Um, and so they've actually been really, really difficult. But I'm going to lock this in. Warriors cover the um, four and a half points here. All right, moving right along. We got the Hawks hosting the Rockets. The Hawks got to beat the Rockets by 10 and a half points. The Rockets are that bad. I think the Hawks are going to win this game. I think they're going to beat them by a million. So give me the Hawks at home. Um, this may be their – actually, they're going to end up being either the four, five, or six seed. So the Hawks will have another home game in the playoffs. But give me the Hawks for this one. I mean, come on now. We just could just skip this game. Come on. We all know the Hawks are going to win this one by, by, a, billion po- by a billion points here. There's no way nobody's going to going to bet against that. The Rockets don't got much to play for except a little bit of pride, but it's just matters who's playing for them. Rockets the are Rockets, playing for, the Rockets for the did long. beat the Clippers in their last game at home, so. Yeah, they're playing for the draft. Go ahead, Malik. The real question here is whether Kevin Porter Jr. actually shows up. If he shows up, then maybe they can cover the 10 and a half. I don't think he does, so that's that's kind of where, where, where I left that, that – uh, the, is Christian and, Wood done for the rest of the season? I believe so. And the Haw- I mean, the Hawks need this uh, game, you know, pretty badly. I mean, uh, 
you don't want to you don't want to back your way into this into this into the playoff run. They win this game and they there's an opportunity for them to get that four seed. They lose this game, they definitely don't. So they need to win this game. They need to win handedly, and they need to you know take take the Rockets out. I think they do that pretty early in this game. It becomes a bit of a you know run away by the third quarter. Got you. All right. Next up, we got the Nets Cavs. Nets hosting the Cavs. There's no spread on this game as of yet. I'm imagining this is going to go off somewhere between nine and a half to ten and a half. I'm going to take the Nets to cover on this one. Um, the Cavs actually been playing all of their starters most of the games. They just haven't been playing very well. They're going to score a million points in this game, both of these teams, because the Nets aren't going to try to play a ton of defense, but they are going to try to get everybody minutes who's healthy to get them ready for the playoffs. I know they want to rest some guys, but if they do win this game, they can still be the number two seed and they want as much home court advantage as possible. So whether they're the two or the three, I don't know how much that matters for them. I don't hear any reports of them resting everybody because if they do, they could drop down to three. And the main key is that they really just want to avoid playing the Sixers for as long as possible because they don't really have they have a disadvantage at the center spot. So whether they play them or Giannis in the second round, it's just going to be a problem for the Nets. So I expect the Nets to cover this game. Give me the Nets to win. And this is just another game that Miles will just keep on, just press the skip button on. We all know the Nets going to win this one. We, we just going to how many, how much is going to be. This is the reason why the spread is not there. If you want to add in for the next games, I'll go with the Sixers. I'll also go with, with the <laughs> with the um, with the Heat on that one as well. But anyway, that's just me right now. Just, just give me the Nets. All right, Malik. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason why the Nets don't win this game. Um, the only player that I know is out for this game from the Nets' perspective is Nettie Joe Harris. He's going to be resting for the next week to prepare for the playoffs. Um, and obviously, James Harden won't be out there either. Um, but so yeah, I don't see a reason why. I don't see a reason why they don't need to win this game. They, they need to win the game, but they don't need those players in order to win this game. As long as Kevin Durant and um, and Kyrie Irving are, are going to be out there for any extended period of time. They should be able to win this game pretty handily. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really matter what the spread is. Um, Kevin Love is also, also not going to be available for this game. So even if there was a chance that Kevin Love could go off and have a really big night, that's not going to happen because he's not playing. So yeah, go ahead and take the take the um, take the, take the Nets, and uh, you should feel pretty comfortable about whatever that line wants to be at the end of the day. All right. Since Ant's already locked himself on the Sixers for the next one, the Sixers are at home. They're giving eight and a half to the Magic. Um, I know for a fact Joel Embiid's not going to play. I know for a fact Ben Simmons isn't going to play. So I'm taking the Magic plus the eight and a half. Give me the Magic to cover their one last game of the season. They're going to be on the road, so it may not matter, but give me the Magic to cover. Oh, we finally got something different. (laughs) Switch it up on me. I yeah. am leading Lee. I am leading y'all at sixty and forty for the whole season. So there's that too. So yeah, I'll take five more games with us. He has, but I'll take the Magic here as well. Um, I really do. I mean, I do. I really do like what Cole Anthony's doing um, for this team. Um, he's really he's been scoring for them. He's been playing really, really high level basketball, and I'm interested to see what the Orlando Magic become next year. Um, you know, what this team is going to be. It's a young, exciting, fast-paced team that's thick that gets up and down the floor. Um, and so I expect them to, to play, and they're going to have a, and they're going to have a traffic, they're going to have a good traffic, 
they have their own pick, and then they have the Bulls pick as well. So they're going to be adding some real talent to this roster um, very, very soon. Um, so, yeah, Orlando looks looks like a team that's ready for – they're ready to make that next step. Um, but so, yeah, for this game, I'll, I'll go ahead and give, give me the points, and I'll take the Magic, and I'll lock this one in this spot. All right. Next up, we got the Heat going to Detroit. The Heat are giving eight points to the Pistons. The Pistons have been playing really hard in the last couple of games. There is a difference for the Heat, the Magic. I mean, sorry, the Heat, the Knicks, and the Hawks. Whoever wins that game can end up being four, five, or six. I believe if the Knicks win, no matter what, they're going to be the four seed. And I don't know who has a tiebreaker between the Hawks and the Heat. I think if the Heat win and the Hawks, if all the teams win, the Heat end up being the five seed. Is that correct? So if the Heat win, they have a – I guess they would say people have they, – they would say they have an easier road because they're going to be going to play the Knicks in the first round who they've won the series uh, season series against. So I'm going to be taking the Heat to win this game. No, I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to go the other way. The Pistons are at home. I think the Pistons are going to cover. They may not be able to cover – they may not be able to beat this team, but I think the Pistons are going to be able to cover against the Heat. So give me the Pistons. Ants already took the heat, so he's uh, just convinced the Pistons are trash, which they mostly are, but eight points is a lot. Yeah, I don't see them covering either, so I'm definitely taking the heat. Go ahead, Malik. So with, just to give you the context, if, with, their, with their loss on Saturday to the Bucks, the Heat are on track to get the sixth seed um, no matter what. Um, if the Knicks beat the Celtics and the Hawks beat beat the Rockets on Sunday, the Heat will be a six, the sixth-place team. Um, they are currently one game behind the Knicks and the Hawks uh, for both for fourth place. They own the tiebreaker over the Knicks, but not over the Hawks. So if the Knicks, so in order for the Heat to end up in four or five, the Knicks would have to lose to Boston, and the, Haw- and, uh, the Heat would have to defeat the Pistons um, to, to get into a dead Heat. So the, the Knicks, Knicks and the Heat both have to lose. Knicks and the Hawks both have to lose on the Hawks, and the Heat got to win. Exactly, and then then they could get four, um, because they would be they would come up with a tie. Sorry, yeah, they would be sorry. They would get five then, because they would be in a tie with Atlanta. Atlanta owns the the tiebreaker between those two. And this is an eight o'clock game, so depending yeah. on how the Knicks do at one o'clock, <laughs> the Heat will be playing. The Heat line may or may not change. So if you have faith in the in the heat covering a close game. Yeah. You may want to let you may want to take the Pistons to cover this with eight point eight points before that line drops. Yeah, I think I think you I think the thing I, I would watch for here is watch for watch to see what the results of those first those first few games are gonna be. And then watch for whether or not guys like Dan Metabio uh, and Jimmy Butler um, actually suit up and play um, in this game. Because if the Knicks win against Boston and you know that all all signs point to huge uh, Atlanta taking care of business against Houston. The Heat may just sit everybody um, because there's no reason for them to go out there and risk the injury to one of their players, since they will be in the play since they will be six seed and having to play against Milwaukee, who they just lost to, uh, you know, on Saturday. So um, watch for that. Um, if everybody's playing and they have something to play for, I'm picking the Heat to win this game handily. Um, okay. But if they don't have anything to play for, then yeah, take the Pistons, get the points. All right, so we got to get a pick against the spread. So you're saying, okay, so you're going to take, so you think the Knicks are going to win though? I think the Knicks are going to win. 
And I think I think you know all signs are going to point to Atlanta taking care of business against Houston. So I'm going to so lock would, you in for the Pistons. Yeah, I would say take the Pistons here. Um, it would be be open to changing your mind if the Knicks were to somehow lose to Boston, and that opens things up for the Heat to get there to get that four or five seed. Okay. Next up, we got the first 9 p.m. game with the Lakers going to New Orleans to finish their season against the Pelicans. The Pelicans have absolutely nothing to play for, so I expect them to uh, sit Brandon Ingram. I expect uh, Zion Williamson to serve as he's sitting. So expect a team led by Jackson Hayes and, you know, what's that other guy who – Nickel Alexander Walker, who's been playing some really great ball as of late, and Eric Bledsoe to be taking the court against LeBron James and company. I don't know if LeBron's going to play, but I do know they're trying to get him back in the game and have him go one more time. I know Anthony Davis is definitely going to be playing. And the Lakers just beat the Pacers in Indiana. And if, if the Lakers can win this game and the Blazers lose theirs against the Nuggets, the Lakers can actually move up by one game into the sixth seed. So it is still possible for them not to end up in the play-in which I know they're very upset about and they don't want to end up having to play an extra week or an extra couple of games in the season as opposed to getting a week worth of rest for a veteran team. So I'm going to take the Lakers here to beat them by a ton. The Lakers are giving 10 to the Pelicans on the road. So give me the Lakers. Go ahead, Ant. Boo-hoo for the Lakers, but give me the Pelicans on this one. I want the Pelicans to win, and I, I really think they should win. they should win this one. And I'm going to go take me with the points as well. All right. Anthony wants the Pelicans getting 10. Lock of the week. Oh, I got you in for the lock of the week. I knew that was going to be you. Go ahead, <laughs> Malik. They had you all over it, Ant. So uh, LeBron James is scheduled to play um, in this game. I'm um, going to put my Lakers, the late, my Lakers. I'm going to put the Lakers as my fourth lock of the week because I'm going to do yeah. five this week since there's 15 games. So I'm locking the Lakers as well. Um, this is a game that they absolutely, you know, again, the same game they absolutely have to win. And it's for them to potentially avoid the succeed. Um, I mean, to avoid the play-in and, and keep themselves out of, that, out of that situation where you have to extend and expand on the number of games that you're going to need out of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If you need one game out of this group to ensure that they get a, get a week off before the playoffs start, this is the game to get. Um, so, yeah, no Zion. Uh, the Pelicans have been bad already, you know, pretty much pretty much all season. They've been up and down. Uh, yeah, expect expect the Lakers to come in and handle their business and, uh, yeah, and, and beat the brakes off of the Pelicans. I don't expect this to be a good game at all. Okay. The Bucks going to Chicago against the Bulls. The Bulls cannot get into the play-in. They cannot make any type of postseason at all. The Bucks can move up if the Nets lose to the Cavs, which would be a miracle. Um, the Nets are going to be playing the Cavs at kind of a weird time. I think that game is going off at 3.30 or 7 o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. No, the Nets and the Cavs are going to be going off at 7 o'clock, and the Bucks and the Bulls are going to be going off at 9 o'clock. So the Bucks are going to know who's going to be winning that game. Giannis probably might not play, but I still expect them to beat the Bulls. I don't know how the Bulls are going to try to finish their season, being as there's really no points of this last game of the season for them. There's no line on this game as of yet. With that, I think the Bulls are going to end up getting a couple of more points, about five or six, even against the Bucks team. So if the Bucks rest everybody, which I expect them to do, I'm going to take the Bulls to try to win this one outright. 
So give me the Bucks money line, the Bulls money line. Sorry, Bulls money line for me. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I'm going to go with the Bucks in this one, and that's good. How many locks of weeks I already have? You have three. Okay, so this will be my fourth one then. You're taking the Bucks as your lock of the week. Yep. Okay, so on a percentage basis, Ant, I just want you to know, um, for the season, you're winning 48% of your picks. Okay. So, so to, to take it away up. against total picks. Okay, it should still go up at the end I, of the day. I didn't say it wasn't. No judgment. Okay, uh, kind of is because you're kind of bringing that up there, you know. I just wanted you to know that before you made, you know, some more reckless moves. But please, please continue. Okay, my reckless moves do pan out sometimes, you know. And this will be the time the clock strikes. I got you. Go ahead, Malik. I'll take the Bulls here, too, um, on the money line. I think the Bulls are a – and this is this is this is their last hurrah for a team that was supposed to be much better. This is their this is the enigma of the NBA. Um, this team is supposed to be much better, and they made a trade for a, an All Star, Nikola Vucevic, and they were supposed to be much better, and they've basically stunk since then. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, ex- I expect them to at the very least just you know finish the season strong. The Bucks aren't again. Bucks aren't really playing for much of anything here, um, and so they'll probably sit their guys. They played their, they showed what they needed to show on Saturday against the Heat. They're ready for a, a series against that Heat team. I think the Bucks want the Heat badly. I think this is the team. I think they want that team badly. They beat they beat they beat them pretty pretty handily on Saturday to show them we want you back here. Um, please come back to us. And so because of that, I don't think they're going to play it. They're going to play it all that hard against this, uh, this Bulls team and the Bulls win on the money line. So I'll take the Bulls as well. All right. Next up, we got the Blazers hosting the Nuggets. The Blazers giving seven and a half to the Nuggets. The Nuggets are expected to rest Nikola Jokic. Damian Lillard's going to play. Everybody's playing for the Trailblazers because if they win, they are the sixth seed which puts the Nuggets out of the playing game. I mean, not the Nuggets, I'm sorry, which puts the Blazers out of the playing game and puts Portland into the playoffs, which they will end up playing Denver in the first round again. Denver definitely wants to see Portland as opposed to ended up slipping into the four spot. Denver needs to win this game so the Clippers don't jump ahead of them and they end up at four playing Dallas. I don't really see Denver minding playing Dallas or Portland but they have a much, much easier matchup with the Portland Trailblazers. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Nuggets here to cover. Give me the Nuggets. Go ahead, Ant. I'm taking the Nuggets as well on this one. I can definitely take definitely taking them with the, and covering it for this one as well. Give me the Nuggets. All right, Malik. See, the NBA needs the Nuggets to win this game because I don't think the NBA wants the chance of having to – have LeBron James and the Lakers in the play-in tournament. They need LeBron to win this. They need LeBron to beat the Pelicans, and they need the Nuggets to beat the Blazers. So you put the Blazers versus the Warriors in the play-in game, 7-8. You don't have any worries there about those two teams. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome matchup between two teams. And then you, you get the Lakers into the six-hole um, and then playing against the Nuggets, uh, three and then three six matchup, which again is, is would be great as well. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take the Nuggets here, uh, but in my 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on my Brian Windhorst soapbox, which you know is clearly you know I'm a big guy. Brian Windhorst is a big guy, so the soapbox is gonna get really teetery really quick. I'm gonna stand on the soapbox and say that um, with Nikola Jokic missing missing a game, um, I think this should uh, you know, remove his his uh, his his uh, availability for MVP, which is give it to Joel Embiid because since Joel Embiid gets knocked for missing missing multiple games, Jokic missed a game. I did not see that coming, but all right. The Kings are hosting the Jazz for the final game of the season. The Jazz still need to win this game to make it in. Um, I don't believe the Kings are playing Halliburton. I don't believe the Kings are playing De'Anthony. What was it? De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. Sorry, De'Aaron Fox, not De'Anthony. De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is going to play, I believe. I'm not sure about that one. He's still a possibility. The Kings are kind of packing in for the rest of this year. And so give me the Jazz to win this one. This is going to be my, was it one, two, three, fourth lock of the week. Go ahead, Ant. We're doing Jazz Kings. Ant, can you hear me? You're on mute. You're on mute, Ant. Take yourself off mute. Uh, I'm guessing you didn't hurt it. Oh, well, that ruins the prop. But anyway, I got the jazz on this one. I was going to have the chocolate course. We got the jazz thing, but I guess y'all didn't hear it, so whatever. Move on. Gotcha. All right, Malik. Utah, lock it in. Nothing to say. All those things you said were correct. Um, De'Aaron, no De'Aaron Fox, no Tyrese Halliburton, um, no Rashawn Holmes, Rashawn Holmes, and no Harrison Barnes. Uh, so we're gonna have a lot of Hassan Whiteside. So that no, should be nice. uh, Hassan Whiteside is questionable. Oh Jesus! So, so yeah. who's playing center for them? Uh, Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's still their Ooh, coach. He's still their coach. Somehow, um, somehow. He can still suit up for me. He's still young enough. He can suit up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is this is going to be a bloodbath. I think Utah. I think you know over under. Uh, Joe Ingles might have what like forty this game. Yeah, an over under Rudy Gobert seven blocks. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going with slightly under. I'm going to go with six in this game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Second to last game, we got the Clippers playing the Thunder. I don't even know where this game is played. I don't care if it's being played on the moon. The Thunder are actively and aggressively terrible. Um, the Clippers don't really want, don't need to win this game, but I don't think they're going to try to rest everybody. They are going to beat the brakes off of the Thunder, who are actively tanking. Um, give me the Clippers. There's no way they can lose this game, even if they fall down and hurt themselves. Give me the Clippers. Give me the Thunder if it was five years ago, but right now, this is 2021, so Thunder suck. They're trying to get, they trying to get to that draft, good old draft pick, so give me the Clippers. And they're playing in Oklahoma City, if that makes uh, any difference to any of the listeners out there. That doesn't really matter. Luke Tensdort is not going to be playing, by the way. Unless Kevin Durant's going to suit up for two teams, give me the Clippers. <laughs> Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, it's interesting because this is this is it feels like this is one of those games where load management just makes sense, right? You just you, you don't have you don't have to win this game. 
But the, you know, but the Thunder are load managing players that can score, so that's also no, a problem. I, right. I, I mean, I mean, I mean for the Clippers, right? The Clippers are going to be out there. You know, there's, there's no there's no mention of Kawhi or Paul George in this game, despite the fact that they don't need this game. And well, if they win they, the game, they can move up to the three spot. I don't know if that matters yeah, to avoid matters. the Lakers for as long as possible. Yeah, I don't think it really matters one way or the other. I mean, they need, they they, they want to win the game, but you know, this is the type of game where you would expect them to to, to load manage at least one of these guys. They're, they're not. Um, both guys are playing, and that means it's curtains for Oklahoma City. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's a wrap for them. Did y'all know that Yogi Ferrell is still on the LA Clippers? I did not know he was in the league. I thought he was on Dallas. In Dallas. Yeah, Yogi Ferrell. All right. Just thought I throw that in for the listeners out there. Still in the fun, league. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. And the last game of the NBA season will be hosted by the Minnesota Timberwolves, hosting the Dallas Mavericks. The Timberwolves are getting nine and a half points. I don't think they're going to try to lose this game. Um, Is Chris playing? Chris who? Kneecap. Oh, oh boy. Kneecaps might be playing. You see, I don't know because oh. the Mavericks locked in at their spot, right? Yes, they are. Are they? Then why are they giving nine and a half points to the Timberwolves? Because the Timberwolves are that bad. No, they're not that bad. Simple are that bad. If they rest Luka Doncic, and they're not gonna rest Luka. so they're gonna play Luka. They're not gonna. They're not gonna rest Luka. And they're, you're telling me they're gonna beat them by nine and a half? Oh, it's eight and a half now for the, the uh, for the for the Timberwolves. Well, yeah, the I'll Mavs, change that. The Mavs are locked into the five seed. They don't know who their opponent is gonna be. It's either gonna be Denver or the Clippers, but they're going to be locked into their fifth seed. If they win, they're, they clinch the fifth. Um, that's pretty much it. I think Magic is going to win this game. I don't think I don't think the T Wolves um, have much to play for, and they, they, I mean, T Wolves should be having a prayer party right now on whatever happens to this lottery. <laughs> they have to pray that they get picks one, two, or three, because anything that anything that falls out of the out of the top three goes to Golden State. Well, I think they had a lot of bad luck with injuries because if D'Angelo Russell wasn't hurt most of the year, they would have been a much better team all season. Possibly, yeah, possibly. And, and that's why they assumed that they, they assumed that they would be a better team. That's why they gave away their first-round pick to the Golden State Warriors in that, in that D'Angelo Russell trade. They gave, them D, they gave a first-round pick for D'Angelo Russell to get rid of Wiggins? I thought it was the other way around. No, they... The, Is it lottery the, protected? It's lottery protected. It's top three. It's top three protected. That's it. So you realize they could have the number one pick again next year. Well, it's unprotected next year. No, what I mean is, so this upcoming, so I'm sorry. What do you mean by next year? Do you mean this so 2021, 2021 draft? The 2021 draft, it is lottery protected. To It, it is top three protected. Okay. It Timber- becomes unprotected in 2022. The Timberwolves are tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers with the I guess fifth or sixth. They're tied for fifth, the fifth worst record in the league with twenty-two and forty-nine. Mm-hmm. So if they lose this game, they could actually have the f- the fifth or fourth worst record in the league. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So they, they, I'm taking the Timberwolves to, to cover and not win. It behooves them to lose this game. Yeah, so but, that they lock in picks one through three. So that they oh, even better than get that. Picks one through three. Even better than that. I'm taking the okay. So I have the Wiz, the Knicks, the Warriors, the Lakers. And the Jazz, that's one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I already have my locks of the week. I'm still taking the T-Wolves. Give me the T-Wolves, and 
I'll take the points. And if I couldn't, if I can get there in person and actually lay on this bet, I'm going to take the T-Wolves to outright win. Because anything that they can do to shoot themselves in the foot, they will. So I'm going to take the T-Wolves to actually win this game. Go ahead, Anthony. Uh, I really didn't really care about this game. I, I was actually looking up the, the, you know, they actually have a Christoph Pasinga's bobblehead for the Knicks. But anyway, it's they're still on their website. Who, they can actually, the Knicks? Yeah, the Knicks website. How much is actually, it? It's seven seventy nine. I was thinking about getting it. <laughs> it's ready to ship and everything. But the right. NBA store. But anyway. buy, I would only buy it if the knee jangles too. The knee bobbles. <laughs> that would be so that's awesome. That would be a bobbly knee. But if I actually have to pick this game, uh, I, I still go against kneecaps and the Mavericks. So I'm, give me the T-Wolves on this one. But I, I, I'm thinking about getting that bobblehead just for, just for the fun of it. Just to have it. Go ahead, Malik. <laughs> Podcast has fallen into disarray. <laughs> look, he's going to play in this game. So you got to take Dallas. Because Look, anytime Chris Depps plays, you pick Dallas. Fact is, he's just not going to play very often. So because of that, <laughs> you, you don't pick Dallas to win anything, any, anything in any, in any you know, real consistency because kneecaps is going to miss more games. So um, if he plays, pick Dallas. I'll take Dallas to win this game. Well, you, you look going to the kneecaps. I can't believe it. <laughs> gotcha. All right, there you have it, folks. We got 15 games coming up on Sunday. From the afternoon to the night, you have all day of basketball. Basketball, basketball, and more basketball. And don't forget to get your Christoph Przinka's bobblehead on the NBA store.com, which I wish they were supporting us right now. But anyway, I'm announcing it anyway. Funko, if, Funko, if you are listening, I just gave you guys a great idea. Make it happen. Christoph Przinka's with a knee bobble. That's, that's got to have a bobbly knee. Make the head stays on, but the knee has to bobble. That's that's <laughs> great idea, people. Do it. You just shake him, and it like it, it, you know you shake him, and it like it, it makes the sound. You see the, the, the joint just moves back and forth. That's amazing. You mean sell out the heartbeat? I love it. I love it. All right, I'm gonna start us out with our shoutouts as we end this super duper long podcast to end the NBA season here as we wrap up. Thank you all for listening to us all season. And I just want to say shout out to all the people who are listening. Thank shout out to all the people who are supporting our podcast on Podbean, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and Google Podcasts where you can find us and also on Twitter at Sports God's Picks. And shout out to my favorite New York Nick, Obi Toppin, whose rookie season has not gone the way I would like it to with him getting not getting much burn. But you're going to be in the playoffs, young man, in your first season. You missed out on the NCAA tournament that your team could have went to the Final Four, but you're going to make it to the second round of the playoffs so the Knicks can win tomorrow. Shout-out to y'all. Shout-out to Tom Thibodeau for actually doing the damn thing. Shout-out to Justin Fields for focusing on football. Shout-out to Urban Meyer for giving us some more Tim Tebow so that I can see him get blown up trying to make a block on Marcus Davenport in the preseason. Um, Shout-out to the Pats for being able to get Tom Brady on the schedule because I cannot wait for that football game to happen on my birthday. That would be amazing. Uh, and shout-out to us for being able to complete 27 consecutive shows this season throughout the pandemic. We are out here working hard for you all to listen to us as much as you possibly can. Go ahead, Ant. 
uh, you know, Malik might say shout out some Bazinga's kneecaps, so I might save that for him. But anyway, <laughs> shout out to the Knicks to prove everybody wrong. They actually made the they, right now they're at the fourth seed, I believe. Right now, hopefully they can keep that. Everybody expecting them to be maybe seventh, eighth, or playing or whatever like that. But shout outs to them for keeping it real. Shout outs to the um all the haters of the Jets. You know, I can't wait. You know, to quite to see. Zach Wilson, quite go through teams one by one and one by one and light them up. And then people was going to be like, oh, this is something that we didn't really see. But he's so busy knocking the kid or whatever, trying to find little different things on that. But shout outs to that. And shout outs to the Spurs. And hopefully they actually make it into the playoffs. I'm quite definitely counting them. I want to see both of my teams make it into the playoffs. So shout out to the Spurs Nation. And that's really it for me right now. All right, Malik, you're up. Well, contrary to popular belief, and I am not going to shout out to these Chris Alpingas because I think he's got enough. He's got enough of our airtime today. Um, first and foremost, shout out to all of the all of the men uh, that were enshrined into the NBA to the Basketball of Fame today. Uh, especially shout out to Vanessa Bryant. Um, if you guys got a chance to listen to her emotional speech, um, you're talking about uh, her late husband Kobe Bryant, who was also introduced by Michael Jordan, um, which I'm sure. Had he been alive to see that would have been an amazing honor for him, uh, knowing as much as as much as he <clears throat> revered and loved and, and looked up to Michael Jordan, um, it would have been amazing to have him, you know, introduce him. Um, so yes, definitely shout out to them for uh, for that for that moment. Uh, shout out to Tim Duncan. Um, he he now looks like my old he does look like an old Jamaican uncle. It's just it's hilarious to see him. Breathing the and everything. Shout out to the Virgin Islands. He, he looks like he looks like your old group, you know. He just does. Okay. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, shout out to him and shout out to the rest of the guys. Garnett um uh got in again and uh Paul Pierce as well um for you know and being, being recognized for, for their greatness over the course of their careers. Um, shout out to the NBA for putting together a 15-game schedule uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, 15 games of basketball going from 1 o'clock in the afternoon all the way to the evening. You know, this is, like you said, Ace, this is like an NFL-type schedule. NFL Week 17, um, shout out to them for ripping off the NFL's uh, formula and doing their, doing their best rendition of it um, and then trying to, try to take care of that. Um, I think the last shout out I had was for, oh yeah, shout out to the NFL for, you know, um, finding a way in the midst of a NBA, uh, NBA playoff, playoff week, finding a way to completely rip away one day of, of that, um, why everybody focuses on games that are not coming, not going to be played for four months. Like seriously, like seriously, the NFL it still shows shows why they're still king. All they have to do is release a schedule, release their schedule, and people stop talking about basketball for a day. So, good luck, all the other sports out there. You realize that you are now. You guys are always fighting for second place. Whenever the NFL decides to, you know, to uh, to take a shit, everybody listens. Everybody pays attention, and that's, that's basically what happens here. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the NFL for showing showing everybody who's boss. Despite all the other games being played, all the other things happening. The NFL just decides to talk about the games that they're going to play four months from now, and everybody says, "Oh my God, stop everything! Let's talk about it." That's that's boss. That's that's a boss move. And last but not least, shout out to the Joe Budden podcast for showing us not 
showing us how not to run a podcast. <laughs> when we when we make it big, we make this money. We don't we want that big, smoke. When we get big and we make this money, we're going. I'm going to look back at what happened to that podcast and remember that. Uh, and we're going to remember that I am the star of this podcast, and so I take all the money. <laughs> and you guys, and, and you guys are, uh, you know, you guys take a percentage cut the way that the way that Joe Budden set up set up that. Uh, Mm. That, that that pricing that pricing uh, function for them. So yeah, when Spotify calls us and says that they want to give us money, you know, um, I'm Joe Budden, and you guys are everybody else. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Wow, that. That, that that was really heartfelt. I felt that felt that down here somewhere. I'd like to point out that I have the best winning percentage for the season. I may not be great at football, but I am good at basketball. So listen to these picks. Believe me now and hear me later. Okay. We out. Later. Later.